Hey, best friend, sister, girlfriend, it's your girlfriend next door and friendship coach, Andrea. How is everyone doing? Listen, you guys, today is something a little bit different, a little bit special. Um, I was asked to do a podcast. Wait a minute. What did I just say? <laughs> I was asked to do a podcast. I don't know where the accent. Did you hear it? I was asked to do a podcast um, interview with a young lady named Stephanie from the podcast That's For Company. And initially when I did the pod or I thought we were doing a podcast, um, she just wanted to do kind of like a get to know you session. And we were on Zoom and I start, you know, the conversation was so organic about friendship. Um, first of all, I asked her how she discovered me. Where did she find? What was her in- interest in friendship coaching um, and the topic of friendship altogether? So the conversation was so organic and so real. I said, hey, um, why don't you record this? And I'll, po- I'll put this on my podcast and we'll do a separate uh, recording for your podcast. So she agreed. And I wanted to share this with you guys. So when I'm going to um, basically, after you finish hearing my voice, you're going to hear Stephanie's voice. And it's when the recording actually started. So um, you guys, I don't know. My allergies are going crazy. I don't know what's going on right now. Um, so if I sound a little nasally, that's what it is. I just went on amazon.com and ordered some Claritin. Too much information, Andrea. Let's get into this podcast with Stephanie of That's For Company. And you guys, please enjoy. And if you like more content like this, more organic conversations with other people, look, you can even write me call it not call in you could write me an email and maybe i could have you on and we could chit chat about friendship and all things that involve us women and guys too in relationships okay so without further ado um here you go here's stephanie and i with our conversation bye love you perfect Um, I was literally researching dynamics of female relationships and like experts. And I was reading articles and like grabbing names as much as anyways, that's how it happened. And then it just so happened that friendship coach came up and I'm like, what's a friendship coach? And I said, what is that? Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't prior to this situation. I didn't know that was a thing and I clicked it and then you, your whole website popped up. And then I was going through it and I was reading it. And then that led to your podcast. And then that led to other programs and groups. And then Big Brother happened because then I get this notification for an app called Peanut. Peanut. Okay. My nose is itching. Sorry. Uh That's okay. Uh Um, There was this notification for an app to join and it's called Peanut. And it's for women to connect with women. Okay. to, To have like for friendship. And I was sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, it's bigger than I thought. Like I, it's just bigger than I thought. So then I contacted, of course I contacted you, but it was, it was literally your name came up in the study of like my, the research of it. And then I can't remember where I read this. I don't remember which part, but it said something like, we're not necessarily taught how, how to maintain relationships or whether that's intimate or whether that's friendship. And then I thought to myself, 
that's true. Like it's kind of an implied thing when you go to school, like it's implied, this is who you play with. This is, these are your options. Um, because schooling is such a dominant part of our lives, but it's not that we're necessarily taught how to maintain relationships or to have relationships, how to create happy boundaries and safe boundaries and how to actively listen. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how I landed here. And I'm like, I would love to talk to someone who's like whole thing <laughs> is friendship. I'm like, oh my God, that would be so amazing. So I'm here. <laughs> this so, is how I arrived as, here. as you stated, there's so many dynamics to um, friendship. And one of the one things that I constantly say, you know, as a woman, our first connection is a heart connection to our mother, right? And when you have your heart connection to another female, that's how you learn to connect to another female. I don't have it on today, but yesterday I wore, I just launched a line of uh, what I call travel leisure wear. So you can just throw this, it doesn't wrinkle, you can just throw it on the go. But on my t-shirts, it said, I'll take life ships over friendships any day. Because when you have a life ship connection, as you stated, it takes you through those journeys, those ebbs, those flows. You see each other go through the first pregnancy, the first time maybe you couldn't conceive, the first time your heart was broken. And when you have a life ship that allows you to be yourself and connect with them and you guys come to, together, as you stated, and that was very profound what you said, we are not taught to maintain relationships because why? We have all been taught about opt out. We've all been taught about divorce. We've all been taught about if my feelings are hurt, I don't know how to forgive and move on, right? We take that pain from relationship to relationship to relationship. And the, the most painful relationship going back to conception that you would ever feel is the, the relationship with another female, female to female, right? Because we don't love, we have a preconceived notion what a male will do. We know he might break our hearts with another girl. He might financially disappoint us. He might do all these things, but we're set up to think about males differently because that's more of a partner to create a life with. Do you understand? But when you have a female relationship, it's a heart relationship. I pour into her. She pours into me. So when you connect and you tell all of your personal business, you tell all of your insecurities, your vulnerabilities to this female, and she breaks your heart, she turns against you and goes behind your back. She talks about you. Once she gets angry at you, she, she starts to spill all the information she knows about you to someone else. So it, it, think about it. Um, and I know we haven't even started, but I always wanted to say, you know, think about how we connect to from the heart. And when you connect from the heart, that's why female relationships are so painful when they end. They're very painful. I bet you the most painful relationship you've ever gone through has been with another female. Mm -hmm. We are intimate with our male counterparts. My eyes watering. Uh, we are intimate with our male counterparts, but the heart connection is different. 
We yep. pour into someone who looks like us, feels like us, understand us totally different. Yeah. And it, and it's interesting. Oh, what I, I'm writing this I'm down. I'm sorry. I, my, I have a scratchy, my throat. So I keep drinking water. So that's I'm why I coffee. You don't okay. need water. Um, I, I'm writing something down because it's funny you said that because if this was another topic I wanted to touch on. I didn't know where to go with it. And if it ends up landing here, that would be even more bonkers and wonderful was um, mother daughter. Okay. Because that's, 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 the, that's where I was about to go next. Like, so I, 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 and it's funny cause I did not equate that. Like when I was researching like, Hey, friendship. Okay. But like, you know, moms, your like first that's, friend is your mother. And so you learn how to become friends through your mother. So, okay, through, so observation, through, through observation. Now I don't know your age. I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I won't ask. But there was once upon a time when we didn't have this, right? We didn't have the phone. But our mothers had a phone, and they would. That was their point of communication. So I'll just tell you my memory because it may show my age. But I remember on Sundays, my mom it had the phone on the wall in the kitchen. It had that cord. That course, she had a long one, right? And she had a little stool in front of that um, phone. So when she was cooking, she would be on the phone. She would get up. She would walk, cook, you know, stir whatever's on the pot. She could go sit back down on her little stool. But what I didn't understand was I was observing. This is how she connects. Now, not to tell my mom's business, but I'm about to say it. Now, she could talk to one friend, get off the phone, call the next friend, girl, I just talked to da-da-da-da-da, and this is what's going on. So, you, I mean, that's how I learned gossip. That literally is how I learned to gossip. I mean, I am healed from that now because I know it's wrong. I know how to, to if someone tells me something, I know how to keep it and take it with me to the day I, but my observation during that era, I saw this. So when you think about how your mom gets along with her sister, how your mom gets along with her best friend, and you see them, sometimes it's not that great. Everybody don't have the foundation of, oh, they are just like the Brady Bunch. That's just not it. So a lot of times we, we it's easier to take on the negativity, right, than the positivity. So when you're taking that on from your mom, then you go to elementary school. You go to, pre, well, preschool. You start and, you, you know, you see the girl and you might get her and the girl, somebody giving you to look like you're not cute. Whatever the situation is, that is a learned behavior that starts at home. Okay, go on. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, my hair, just so much is happening. I'm so happy right now. So the, the, my show is called That's for Company. And my very first episode was a, like a little intro. And it was in the nostalgia of where that name came from. So my earliest memory is of my mom. Mm -hmm. Either Friday, Saturday nights. So we would go grocery shopping in the week and in the cart, there's always a section for special treats and pastries. Mm. And we were never allowed to touch it. Mm -hmm. In the pantry, mm -hmm. that those special treats would go into the pantry. And when I would ask, we're Italian, so, you know, I would want a treat or a sweet after dinner. And my mom would say, no, that's for company. And I would say, wow. who's coming? Like, who's coming? 
And she's like, I don't know someone. And she, like, and someone Friday or Saturday, whether it was we had we lived close to family and cousins, but some from coworkers, it didn't matter. Someone was coming, company was coming, and that's what was served. And it my my greatest memories of my mom, my happiest memories of my mom were her interacting with company. She was at her mm-hmm. best. She, and like it was different. It didn't matter if it was store bought or homemade, local, organic. It, it like the certain con. It, she didn't have to clean the house. Like company's coming, so it's like start cleaning. It was like it was what it was. I mean, she tied a bit. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying it was what it was. And Fridays and Saturdays, that was company. Somebody was coming, and we and and, she, and it it was the greatest like moments of my mom because some aren't great, some are. But it was that feeling of, of how she sort of laughed and giggled and how she interacted with the other women. And and it was always always those pastries. And we always had things in the cupboard that you weren't allowed to touch. And so part of the podcast was that name is That's for Company. And it was from that. And the earliest memories I have, and which is why I think betrayal of friendship is such a big deal, because we learn, or I've learned in many women, we treat friends like family is what I've always said. Like, I don't, I don't love like friendship. I don't know how, which is part of my problem. I think I love like family. And then when the betrayal happens or something happens, it feels that much deeper where it's like, but you're not just, well, my my dad, we go, it's just a friend. I'm like, yeah, but it's not like, I, that's, I didn't just treat them like an acquaintance. It's either you're an acquaintance or you're my friend. And if you're my friend, you're having dinner with my family, you know, my kids, like, it's not just like. So I feel like we we bond like the like you said the bond is so different and we learn that my mom was the same she's and the forgiveness we don't know we don't know how to communicate like just even that emotional frailty sometimes where it's like no you hurt my feelings let's talk about it mm-hmm. and that's not how I grew up and I'm still in the process of healing that it's like no you hurt me we're done All right and it was like the walk away versus well hang on like now again at this age of my life i'm like that wasn't right either like everyone's gonna mess up you can't have that kind of standard for a human that they're never gonna mess up mm-hmm. but it's like we don't learn how to forget we don't learn how to um communicate pain or like communicate it. and that can be applied to any relationship really but right. with friendship it's like you said i feel like i feel like it it hits a different and that's what I'm interested in. It's like, what chord does this hit that it hurts different? That it hurts deep, almost feels like deeper. Because like if I break up with a guy, I would go to my friend. So it's like, it's this weird, anyway, yeah. So that's, it's, this is where it's like, I think the whole mother aspect of friendship is so integral. And then the layering of it is what I would love to chat. And then I would, I want people to know that like friendship coach exists. Like that there are people that created a life and a career around the concept of that very thing of creating these very important fr- like dynamics of a relationship and how to navigate that. So I'm done my ramble. That's where I'm at. I just want um, before that's awesome. And the one great takeaway um, <laughs> from what you said is when you thought about even as a little girl, and I, I I don't have any children, but I have a dog and she'll just sit there. If I'm combing my hair or putting makeup on, she would just sit there in awe of mm-hmm. me. 
And it also all um um oftentimes made me think, wow, she would probably be so much like me because she looks at me like she's gloating, like, oh my God, mommy, I wish I could do that. I wish I could comb my hair and look like that, right? So when you said that you would go to the grocery store with your mother and she would have that portion of the cart and said, this is for a company, um, I internalized that as something so beautiful because I think most times we don't, we as parents, mothers, adults, don't even understand the layer of influence that we have on another human being, right? And oftentimes we think, and, and, I, and I know a lot of people have worked on this. We feel that it's what we say. It's never, ever what we say. It's always what we do. And so to have that big, that to be such a huge influence on you that in, in your adult life, you're still that child who says, my podcast is going to be one of my fondest memories mm -hmm. from my mother. And my mom was at her happiest moments when she was amongst company, amongst her girlfriends. And yeah. she would even treat them so different and so special to a point that she would go out and buy snacks and have them ready for oh, whenever yeah. they came over. So I just wanted to say that was a beautiful thing. And that's, and that's really what happens in us learning how to be friends as well. Absolutely. So that is kind of, so that's my framework. So Moving forward, this is how I usually do it. And you tell me comfort level and what you think. So we talk again, like we did like some ideas of here and there. I will write them out. I will send them to you. And then you say yes, no, add to it, take away what does not feel right. That you're again, the idea is that I'm not the expert you are. That's the whole point of this. So and then we go over it, like you kind of go over it. You say, okay, these are the and then send them back. Like I'm good with this. This is what I'm good with. Um, not that it's scripted, it is not, but it's that, that the questions are just kind of laid out and this is kind of what we sort of stick to. Um, and then that's it. And then you give me an idea of date and time that works best for oh, you. Oh, this is not it. This is not the podcast. No. Oh, no. I thought I thought this was the podcast today. No, no, oh, this okay. Is, no, this was just so that we like have a, a general idea, right? And then okay. come the actual day and time that we do it. Then the questions, like I said, there's a general framework of kind of what I want to hit, what you want to make, make sure that we say, and then make sure that we identify. And then your okay. website, all your information, like all that good stuff will go, well, I'm going to say it anyway, but it's also going to go in the show notes and in the details. And then the week that I post it, I let you know. And then it's all over my, like the website, like my website and my social media, blah, 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 blah. And... That's it. Okay. I mean, I've done a lot of, recently I've been doing a lot of podcasts. I've gotten a lot of requests. Um, so I guess this yes. coaching is very popular, but um, yes. no, that's fine. I just thought that we were going to do the questions today. And that's why I said, could you record it? Because <laughs> no. you can just take the, um, you know, the recording and then post it. So that's fine. Okay. All good. All good. No, and that's when you asked that, I was like, I can record my, I'm like, listen, that is very thorough notes. I'm like, I can absolutely do that. I'm like, friggin' right, I can. No, that's awesome. So yeah, that's the general, just general idea. And then usually we record, I don't know. It depends on, on how it goes. Usually it, they end up being like 40 minutes. Like, 
roughly. So have you started posting on your podcast or are you doing a series before you, or you've already started, started yep. it, right? Okay. Yep. So the series going on right now is the ADHD. And I have, I think, two more episodes, two more episodes to post for that. And then I'm going into this, like I'm going into female relationships and sexuality. I have a couple of episodes for that series already reported. Um, but I'm being very honest with you, like I've been putting a lot of research into this topic because I'm so interested in this and I think it's so important. Um, and I also, prior to finding you, I couldn't find anything. Like, Well, wish me luck. So uh, it, this is so crazy because a while ago, anytime I normally think of something, I try to like do the whole like everything about it. So I wasn't thinking that it was going to be French. I was like, oh, I want to go. I, I went. I am a certified life coach. And then I placed my emphasis on friendships. And I um, I was like, you know what? I need to trademark this. So I wasn't thinking because nobody was doing friendship coaching at the time. Okay. So nope. I went to go trademark it. And now the trademark um, people are calling me. So I had to call them today because I don't even know now because other people want to call themselves friendship coach, but I had already put it in last year to trademark it. I don't know. what well, we'll see what happens. They may tell me I have to change the name. That's interesting. I definitely will say like when I started researching the topic, well, first I researched loneliness and friendship and I got like, so I got, oh my God, so many stories. And then I, I had to get more and more specific and then friendship coach came up, but I, I couldn't like, I think it's such a complex topic and I couldn't find anyone. Like I can't find, there's so much, there's so many stories and yet it's almost like there's no navigation or direction. And then mm -hmm. I so happen, like I so happen to come across the tagline friendship coach, like what is, and that's, and that's kind of how it led there. So I've okay. been on this topic for a while, trying to find someone that to talk about friendship. that would okay. talk about it from a point of like, no, like I, I, I more expertise really. And that information yeah. and experience behind it. And I'm like, it's such a, an important thing. I'm like, there has to be, like, there has to be, but I didn't know how to navigate it. And then this is how it happened. I'm praying, I'm praying that, um, honestly, cause I watch a lot of Canadian TV through my um, thing that I have. I don't know why most of the channels are Canadian, but my, my point is I, um, there is a lot of reality TV in America and in America, um, they do not shine a positive light on female friendships. Mm. And my thing is, it's fine to show the breakdown, but we also need to now show the buildup. We, we know how to fall out, right? We know how to fall out with a friend. We know how to move on with our lives. We know how to do all of those things, but how do we now rebuild? So it's really been my prayer that, you know, it's me, I'm gonna just put it in the atmosphere that I am able to come to a television platform where we can talk about the negative, which is a part of it. Well, most of us have experienced the negative, right? But then now let's, how do we flip this around and, and turn it around as you stated that we're taught not to maintain friendships. How do we learn how to forgive and not maybe even get to a point of not hurting? How do we get to a point of not hurting, you know? So I'm hoping that at some point, a plat um, fingers crossed, a platform will come along and we can yes. have these discussions about 
the breakdown, the buildup in a fun way. You know, it doesn't have to be so serious, but in a way of, you know, food for thought, because there's so many women. I think all women have dealt with. I don't know anyone. I, I read posts all the time. It said, how many of you have had friends for over 20 years? Mm-hmm. And I even think this new generation since COVID, um, a lot of my clients explained to me, and I won't take up much of your time, but they explained to me where they thought they would go to college, they yep. got a job. Yep. Once they got their job, they started working because this generation has the phone. Yep. Most of their, their interaction is on the phone, correct? So when it comes time to when COVID happened and we were stuck in the house, that the mental they realized like wait a minute i talked to dave at work but dave and i really aren't close friends dave never called me you know on the weekends or anything like that so that it clicked on to them i don't have any true i don't have any real friends and it has and it it, it sparked so such a huge um aha moment that people that's when it really started to happen for me people were calling like i don't know how to make friends i had i've had people across the pond and they were like you know my personality is a little more bubbly and they were like but you seem so like bubbly you can walk into a room and i said no the thing that people have to realize when you start a friendship it's about what is the seed that you're planting what is the seed that you observe? My seed with you today is you have a podcast. I have a podcast. That's our seed. We can grow our seed. We can talk more about our seed. We can say, hey, let's let's talk more about our podcast. Let's make a, an appointment next month on um, the first Wednesday to, to have some girlfriend chatter back and forth about how we can grow our podcast. That could be our seed, right? And then if that seed is fertilized and grows, then you start to open up and you say, oh, you know, I live in Ontario. You say you've been here. I start to talk about my experience. And as time goes on, that seed grows into a friendship. So many people don't realize that they need a seed. They don't even know how to start. They don't know how to start. Yep. They don't even know how to start. Nope. And, I, and, we're, and we're not, like you said, I do think the phone is the beauty and the problem. Right. And that is exactly what, what I found first on YouTube when I was researching. It was, I don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. And like the amount of narratives and videos of people openly saying, I'm 34, I'm 45, I'm 22, I have no friends. It's like, I have people I work with. I interact with people, Yes. But at the end of the day, do I have authentic connection with people? Do people know about me, my birthday? Like, do they know me on a on a detailed level or on a trust more trusted level? And the overwhelming answer is no. Mm-hmm. And yet we're again, we're so connected. And yet we are probably at one of the most loneliest points in the pandemic, I think, amplified, obviously, everything. But then and, and again, that's it's just so the feelings are so overwhelmingly common that mm-hmm. people feel like I don't have friends. I don't know how to make them. I don't know why they're so hard to maintain. If it's, I think it's a lot of it's vulnerability. It's fear of rejection. Like I have two kids. I watch my son at the park. My heart like races because he goes up to a, a boy or a girl. He's like, hi, do you want to play? And I'm just standing like, I'm like, 
shaking, like, don't you dare say no to my son. Don't you dare reject. And they're just like, yeah, sure. And then they just go play for an hour. And he's like, yeah, I made a friend. And I'm like looking, I'm like, how did you do that? Like, mommy, I can't and you know what's funny? When I mentioned that about the people who said 20 plus year, 40 year old for, friends from 40 plus years, those were our observations. Mm-hmm. Your mother probably has friends in her life that she's known for a very long time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that has happened that we all have become world citizens. It wasn't mm-hmm. traditional unless they were military um, or some sort of that. Most people lived in their town and stayed in their town and they had friends from elementary, high school, college. They may go off to college, but you still maintain that connection. But now that we are world citizens, most people who are middle-class today have passports, which means I have friends, people that I've met in Morocco, I have friends that I've met in Spain. I have people from Venezuela because I've been able to go to all these places around the world. Now we have what we call WhatsApp, right? Right. So it's able to communicate. But the difference is going back to what we said earlier, we don't know that those are not heart connections. Right. And the new generation doesn't even realize how to categorize friends you know it used to be you knew you had your social friends whether that was at church um, organizations or whatever you are part of you were still kind of professional with those friends right even though those were voluntary positions as you stated we had our work friends work friends we could still have a little fun but we still kept our guard up because this was our way of being a part of the team i could go after um, work with you and have a cocktail but i knew where to cap it right then you had your college friends. If you were lucky that you stayed in contact with them, you could just wow out with your college friends because you had those memories. But then in your adult life, you got, or you attempt to have the mothers. Once you become a mother, you got to have the mother friends. But where, <laughs> see, in all of those layers, it's like, where's that one that knew you from here that would I say the life ship, the one who knows all of that, and they are so far beyond the the social fr- the social club, the you know the work club. They know you more intimately than everyone. That's where we're having the disconnect. People are not focusing on that type of relationship anymore because we have become so superficial. And it's about the way you look, your lifestyle, where you're traveling to. You know, all of these different layers now that we didn't have to worry about. All we wanted to do was just sit around, have a glass of wine with your girlfriend and just laugh to to your stomach hurt. And we don't have enough of that now. I agree. We don't have enough of that now. That was amazing. I have to ask you a question now. You, since we're going to use, because this has been a great conversation. Um, Since we're going to do your podcast, this recording, can I use this recording? All yours. Okay, because I definitely, this is, is this is a conversation that was very open and easy and um, it flowed organically. So I just, you know, all I'll right. post this. Right. <laughs> I'll post this, but no, I do have, now, right. now that you agreed, I do have one question. Do you, have you traveled to the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, a few times. Okay. I would like to know, because do you also speak French? No, not you really, don't. Okay. In Canada... Do you feel culturally, because I've been there a few times, I've been to Canada a few times, 
And I know some things are similar to the U.S. I mean, we're all in North America. But when it comes to female relationships, have do you think there's any differences? Or do you think we have the same experience? Processing. I feel... Hmm. I think overall, I think the experiences seem similar. Um, and even with some like females I've connected with over the years and some travel and such, I think, I think it's very similar. And anytime I've ever been to the States, it's funny because I think it's where I, where I've been, which I don't think is different than Canada. So like there are pockets, certain neighborhoods, certain places where it's, it's more urban, it's more central. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are other places where you have to drive everywhere. So that I think also plays a factor. And interestingly, when my husband and I, we moved recently and I, I said that, he's like, I want to go more country. I said, no, I want to go more like subdivision like area. He's like, why? Like, mm-hmm. why would you want that? And I said, for no other reason, I said, for my kids. Mm-hmm. I said, I want the ability for my son to play ball hockey with the kid across the street. I know he's going to go to school and he's going to ride the bus or whatever. I want him to come home and there's a central group of kids that he's able, in a subdivision, he's able to connect with besides school. And relationships was an actual like factor in my head versus in some pockets, I know where it's more spread out, it's much harder to connect. Um, so where I've been in the States, I've noticed certain things like in terms of those proximities. And I've also been to places where I've seen a lot of huddled groups. Like I, like I've noticed groups like traveling, uh, we went to Michigan state for a week, like different, different perspectives that I've seen. I, I, we've been down to new Orleans. Um, and I've noticed, I've noticed it, it matters where I am environmentally and geographically, how people, how accessible is it? for people to meet and go out and have coffee. What time do coffee shops close? Well, some parts in Barrie um, or certain areas, eight o'clock. More central cities, three in the morning, that mattered. Like that mattered. Like I remember my college experience. I mean, yeah, it was college. It was amazing. It was wonderful. But part of that was the social, it was the city because we could go out at 11 o'clock and just go for a coffee or, or a drink at a pub till three o'clock in the morning. Versus, you know, where, where we are now, I mean, it, it's more family-esque, but I mean, it shuts down by 10 o'clock. Again, I'm thinking pandemic aside, but 10 o'clock, I mean, people are home. So like, there wasn't that much, it, it's harder to navigate that with scheduling. Because then, so I, I found that that played a factor too, in terms of social life and people meeting and getting to know. So I would, I think it's relatively similar, I think. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, one of the things that as you were speaking, I was thinking, you said you are Italian. Mm-hmm. From a cultural standpoint, I'm, you know, African-American. And when you think about the Latina communities, the Asian communities, um, any other ethnic group, um, when it comes to family, friendship, they're very communal people, yes. right? <laughs> they come together, they eat the, the food that they love, we eat our food. So I think in Canada, what I was trying to figure out is do you guys, or even in your Italian heritage, do you stay true to maybe on Sundays, you your tradition is to make meatballs or something yep. like that? Because 
the what I have found, and this is no disrespect to anybody who listens to my podcast or follow me, culturally in America, um, Caucasian people are not connected the same way that other cultures are. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Right. Like um, when it comes to, we connect through um, experience, we connect through food, we yeah. connect through um, just just life in general because we have a, a very select experience living in the U.S., right? Thank so, um, and I would assume, because you guys have a huge Asian community in, in Canada, as well as, is it, are they Somalians? I think it was some type of community from Africa, but that could have been in Toronto. That could have been in Toronto. Um, but my point is, when it comes to, like you said, you wanted to move to that neighborhood, and you said my idea was relationship it was about you forming community right. and um like if one day something happened and you couldn't pick your child up from school maybe your neighbor is also going and you could learn to have that level of trust that they could pick your baby up and you could get to your child within an hour so building that sense of community um organically and trusting and if we have to go to females um it's just that just goes to a whole nother level because I, I would, take that somewhere else, but I won't. I, and I would say it's so interesting. Like, again, it, the layer continues. Mm-hmm. So, when I was growing up as a kid, again, we talk about pockets in, in cities. So, we had a pocket of an Italian community, mm. and that's where I grew up. Okay. My cousins, and interestingly, again, and I can only speak from my experience, but um, we didn't have a lot of friends growing up with my family. We did, but we didn't. Why? Right. Because our cousins were our friends. Our aunts and uncles, like my friends that are not Italian, let's just say, don't under, can't fathom for the life of them why I have my aunts on speed dial. Like, you talk to your aunt that often? And I was like, you don't? And they're like, I see my aunt at Christmas. And I was like, oh, I'm like, okay. No, so, no when you say this, where are they from? They're, they're from... Canada, but they're but their their backgrounds are more English British. English British, yes. Okay, that's what what I'm thinking. Like these particular friends, I'm thinking about. Whereas growing up, I was surrounded by people constantly. Mm -hmm. It was loud, Larry. Like I mean, people are like you guys. Now, like getting older, and my friends come over. You guys are fighting. I'm like fighting. No one is fighting. No, this is how. This is how. are going all the time it sounds like we're yelling but we're really not mm-hmm. um, and like you said we connect to experience through work through food obviously is is, is so enormous for us um but even growing up I, it, it was help so yeah um, like if my dad needed help doing something in the yard my cousin my uncle would be there um yes. if my mom wanted something the first person she'd call would be her sister's um, then her friend, I mean, we had, again, there was friends there too, but even those friends knew my mom's family. Mm-hmm. So like her best friend, let's just say Cindy was, you know, knows my aunt and would go to my aunt's house for coffee too. So right. it became this sort of, it be, it became this friends. And that's where I say friends and family became something different for us where, mm-hmm. and then every Sunday was family dinner. And some Sundays you could come, some Sundays you couldn't, um, because mostly just because you had to work. Otherwise, really, you 
would be given a very hard time if you didn't show up. Um, there wasn't a lot of excuses for not coming, um, but we would get to, and again, we, proximity, we all lived relatively close to each other. You got married, had kids, didn't matter. You were still staying in that area. Not that you would drop, you know, move into a whole other province or city or town. You just didn't do that. That wasn't where your unit was. And it was not that you were told, but it was this implied understanding that that's just what you did. Um, and then as I got older, um, that became less and less. And then we things got more and more expensive in terms of the city. And then our whole family, we started to migrate out just in terms of like, Families got bigger, jobs got canceled and relocated or, you know, school, it, it became for a variety of different reasons, but we started to spread out. So now it's not the same as it was when I was a kid. And I say that, you know, heavily because I, I had such amazing experiences as a kid, not knowing I was having such amazing experiences at that time. And there were times where, you know, I'm like, my family's driving nuts. Like it was just too much. Right. And, and Whereas now this part of my life, we are much more apart and we really do only see each other for big occasions. Um, but there's the, the, the texting and we have group chats and like those things are great. But I definitely, even with my kids, like I notice it, it's just different. Like it, they're not going to have the, the kind of experiences that I did in terms of family and community. And that's something that like, like we said, it's so, I have to make it so much more important intentional whereas growing up it was implied it just happened it just it's just how it was whereas now no it's something that i have to make sure there is space for in our lives because mm -hmm. it's so easy to disconnect it's so easy not to see my parents for weeks at a time because things get so busy where yeah you have to really it, it's such it's such a, a more um not such an ingrained way of life as it was as a kid. And it was even more intense when my mom was a kid. Like it was even that much more intense when my grandparents first got here and, and things like that. So there's definitely a shift in terms of that separation of family and friendship for sure. And tradition. And you know what? I, I, it's sad. It kind of saddens me. Um, because the one thing you know, and and I and I probably should have said that, but when you said the connection through help, mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up and, and even in our community, that's what that's what brought us together. We could rely on one another. And you're right, you know, we've grown. I, um, my mom still lives in Georgia where I grew up, but now I'm in Washington D.C. and and the connection, the Sunday dinners, like you said, all the things that we used to do together yeah. is no more. And I, I wish it was a way to get back to that in a sense, because yeah. um, those experiences growing up um, and knowing that you had someone to rely on, like for me, every almost every summer when I was younger, I would go stay with my, my aunt. And I would go and stay with her and, and she would take me school shopping and do things for her. And then I would go back home when it was time to go to school. But today, yeah. it's just, you know, we have, you know, allowed ourselves to, to spread um, further and further apart. And I think I yearn for it so much <laughs> um, that I gravitate to other cultures that still have it. I gravitate, I go to Mexico a lot because in Mexico, I'm able to see it and they value family so much. 
when I go to Spain or just different areas of the world, I see that togetherness. And, and it, it makes me so happy because I'm also an only child. So I don't have an extended you know, family like that. So when I'm able to experience it through someone else, it feels so, so good. You know what I mean? I do. And it's, uh, it's interesting how, again, just part of the divide of the world sometimes where it just reiterates for me, a, we're not that different. Like mm-hmm. every culture, we're different. Right. But the root of it, it's not that different. Like I have mm-hmm. friends that are Indian and there's so, I'm like, we, like, we're so much similarity. We're so similar. Like our food, yeah. our, our family, how connected we are. Like I have my grandmother on speed dial. Like, you know I mean? And so does she. Like, it's like, and for, we're just, there's so much similarity than there is difference. And right. I think that's important too. And also to this idea, I wanted to mention earlier, this idea of connection and, and family that is or who was our teachers in so many ways of mm-hmm. of relationships and not mm-hmm. that it was like conversations we had it was just you figured it out like if you were fighting right. with the observation brother, observation it's like if you're fighting with your brother or your cousin if my mom wasn't around to give me a hard time i'm damn well near positive my aunt would still give me a kick in the ass if that's like you know what i mean like it was one of those well if mom's not here but my aunt is same rules apply and she has no problem. The comfort's there. She's gonna enforce the rule. Yeah, like she she knows the rule. She, she knows my mom. It's like to enforce the rule. Exactly. And like, right. and it's implied there too, right? Where it's like mom's not here, but like my aunt. It's like, okay, so like there's no difference. So it's like okay, like everything's the same. And it's like we don't. Yeah. That's gone. Those teachers are gone. And and now again, it's just it's that much more work to try and keep it as connected and cohesive as possible mm-hmm. yeah i will say that italy is one of my favorite places on mm-hmm. earth to visit and i remember the first time that i went there i i looked up and you could see the grandmothers with the half apron the half aprons on and they were putting the laundry out you know because they did i guess they don't have dryers or at least at where i was they did they put the laundry out but at a certain time Every day you would start to smell the aroma of the tomato sauce and, and the different foods just, and, and you you know, in Italy, like you, all you want to do is eat. So you're like, allow my nose to, to go somewhere. But, and, and the grandmothers would sing as they would do, they had these beautiful Italian songs that they would sing as they were doing the daily chores or walking to the, um, Arcade. the little corner market to get their bread and the food it's that's see that's what i i love to see that I, oh it, it just it, it, it break i cried every day I, the first time i cried every day i went to italy i cried it's, every day it's how it's an expression it is it is a genuine expression of affection like mm-hmm. i will make you a meal and just know that i will be thoughtful about the bread and I'll be thoughtful about the sauce and I'll be thoughtful about the tomatoes and, and for the longest time I mean I can only speak again how I grew up but that's the, we, the, my grandparents didn't have a lot of money they didn't come from a lot of money but they knew how they knew how to survive and take but you didn't and- even know it though I bet you didn't feel it you I'm had no idea because you had everything had you needed a hundred percent and I yeah. the effort I mean they, they would wake up early and start dinner because mm-hmm. they would cook all day right and and but that was, and then when everyone gathered, it, it just, it was delicious. It was good. And it just felt that much better when you were eating and chatting and talking and, and whatever. And it was just, it was the feeling that was created. 
and like the food and, and the effort and the hard work and all that that went into a meal. Um, because again, the luxuries of, well, I guess luxuries and superficial luxuries is not something we could necessarily afford, but it wasn't something that we, growing up, we didn't pay much mind to. Mm -hmm. Until, and I, and I I'll swear this to be true, until we started migrating apart. And then it became the who has what, who got what. And, but growing up, I, I can't remember ever thinking that or feeling that when I was, was when, when we were living more centrally together. Right. So, yeah. Well, Stephanie, it has been such a pleasure talking you with too. you. Thank you so I much. I look forward to um, you sending me the information yeah. and we can schedule um, our conversation. But if you don't mind, because you recorded this, if you could um, send me a copy okay. of it. and um, Absolutely will. I'll just get your verbal permission. Okay, you guys. Right so now thank you for the conversation. I hope you guys okay, had an opportunity to enjoy it. As well as, if you can, go over, check thank out you. her and podcast, and I'll tell you this, again, like it's called that is, That's for Company. She is doing great things over there. She does a lot of research on her topics, and I just really appreciate the fellowship and the conversation in which we has. Have a good day. Um, this was Bye. a little different for, for us in our conversations, but I'll be back with, you know, our normal. But um, I hope you enjoyed and we will talk soon. And before we go, you know how we like to end our day with our favorite song, which I'm going to get an extended version of. I think I'm going to do that. But until then, hey, best friend. It's your girlfriend next door. Hey. <laughs> and your friendship coach. All right, guys. Bye. And your friendship coach.